When Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuttite, and Zophar the Nathamite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathise with him and comfort him. And the second passage is from Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Ruth. So we come to the last in our series uh, following uh, the book The Five Top Regrets of the Dying by Bronnie Ware. Um, and this morning, the regret is I wish I'd kept in touch with my friends. It's a bit ironic, really. Um, that I should uh, I should have this one to work with, because I'm actually pretty good at keeping in touch with my friends. Um, I should have had the one uh, that Phil did a few weeks ago. Um, I wish I hadn't worked so much, <coughs> or I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And people that I've worked with would probably say that was a bit of an anomaly. Anomaly as well. But everybody needs friends. Um, but before I talk about that, let's talk about shoes. How many pairs of shoes have you got? Um, before this, I hadn't really thought that I got that many shoes. But I've got golf shoes for winter golf shoes for summer, <laughs> I've got wellies, I've got dog walking shoes for dry days and dog walking shoes for wet days, um, I've got good trainers, um, I've got smart casual shoes, I've got wedding shoes, I've got work shoes, so I've got quite a lot of shoes. Just like shoes, we have different friends in different areas of our lives. Uh, some we like to wear a lot, and some just a little, and some cross over. Sometimes I'll wear my wet dog walking shoes to walk in the dry. <laughs> over the years, um, I've worked with a great many people, most of whom I would call friends. So, and we spend a lot of time with those people, don't we? Only two or three did I become really good friends with, really close. Um, some of the names that I'm going to um, say today have been changed uh, to preserve their privacy. So I worked with Chris uh, in, on four different occasions at different stages of our careers and we nearly always got on. I'm godfather to his son we played golf together. He was a great talker, and when I was immediate, his immediate manager, this sometimes caused a problem when I thought he could be working harder. 
the truth of the matter was that he could talk and work, something that eluded me. He was the most unorthodox bank manager I ever came across, but he was also one of the most successful at his grade. When I say he was unorthodox, I heard him talking to a customer one day on the phone. Um, and he finished the phone call with okie dokie, <laughs> which I thought was not, not that um, appropriate for a business conversation, but there he was. There's always a lot of banter between us, uh, and that made the day go quicker. And then there's the friend who's known you forever. I've known Bill since we were babies. We grew up together. We shared the same interests in music. He's a musician, and I can just about play the kazoo. <laughs> we went to the same youth group together. We became Christians at more or less the same time. I was best man at his wedding. I'm godfather to his eldest daughter, his parents, especially his dad, were very close to me. We went on holidays together. And then I have, I played sport uh, for most of my life, I'm just like watching now. So I played football, rugby, tennis, badminton, table tennis, squash. I've done running, athletics, and more recently golf. But the only one that I've ever been any good at was football. And I've got many friends uh, from that time of playing. They've come from different areas of my life, some work colleagues, some school friends, some from church. Um, my best friend um, ever, uh, I've been married to for 45 years almost. And uh, we were having a conversation in the car the other day. And I said, I can't believe it's 45 years. And uh, I said, what have you learned in the, in the last 45 years? And she said, patience. <laughs> I've learned patience. And then you've got the feel-good friend. We all need this type of friend, one who really believes in us, knows us back to front and up and down. One that weeps when you weep and rejoices when you rejoice. A true friend who knows all about you and still likes you. And then we've got our Christian friends at church. Uh, this I would, I would say for me, makes up the majority of my friends. There are friends that can pray with you and influence your journey with Jesus. I only knew him for a few years, um, but there was a guy that many of you will know, some won't, Mike Darville, who used to come to this church. And I didn't have much to do with him, um, but we worked on a project that didn't actually come off, and worked for probably six months with him. But he was the most wise man. He really was. And of course his wife was of the same elk. Whose name escapes me for the minute. Wynne. That's right, Wynne. 
So the biggest influence on me uh, when I was younger was my youth leader and his wife, Ron and Lynn. It was them that introduced me to Jesus and which led to my family become Christians as well. Ron and Lynn were treated badly by the church and left without leaving a forwarding address, so we couldn't contact them. They were so hurt by what had happened. I was 17 and agreed to their suggestion that I run the youth club in their place. But I was too young and inexperienced in life and thought I had to take it all on myself and I was probably burnt out within two years. So there are a few of my friends. But how do we make friends? I want to talk about making friends, keeping friends, and influencing friends. A story for you. A man had always found it difficult to make friends and went to see a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist was interviewing him but failed to catch something the man had asked. Would you mind repeating that, please? I said, replied the man, for some reason nobody ever seems to like me. Why don't you listen, fathead? <laughs> it's no wonder he didn't have many friends. If we want to make friends with people, we have to be friendly. Proverbs 18.24 in some translations says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. We need to be friendly if we want to attract people to Jesus. Think of what attracted you to Jesus. I'll bet 95% of us came to know Jesus because a friend introduced us. It's been said that when people visit a church for the first time, they will decide whether to come back or not within the first 7 to 12 minutes. Well, we haven't got to the sermon by then, so there must be something else going on. If we want to make friends and introduce them to Jesus, first we need to become interested in them. Listening is not one of my better traits see my best friend but it needs to be if I want to make friends and help the church not St Barnabas but the whole church to grow when becoming friendly with someone for the first time we should follow this maxim we have two ears and one mouth and they need to be used in that ratio so listening twice as much as talking which is quite a challenge for a lot of us. James 1.19 says this, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Listening is a really good way to make friends. So what about keeping friends? Another story for you. Two men were travelling together when a bear suddenly met them on their path. One of them raced to climb up a tree and conceal himself in the branches. The other, seeing that he must be attacked, fell flat on the ground and when the bear came up and felt him with his snout snuffling around and smelled him all over, the man held his breath. 
and gave the appearance of death as much as he could. The bear then soon left him. When he was gone, the other man descended from the tree and asked, What was it the bear had whispered in his ear? He gave me this advice, his companion replied, Never travel with a friend who deserts you at the approach of danger. Or as Proverbs 27.10 says, Do not forsake your friend and the friend of your father. The best way to lose a friend is by forsaking them in times of trouble. But if you're always in trouble, you'll need a lot of friends. <laughs> a good way to become a good friend is to support others with prayer. If you know someone is remembering you in prayer, then how could you possibly not be a friend to them? And what about influencing friends? Jesus was a friend to, a friend to sinners, people who got stuff wrong, like you and me. The Samaritan woman at the well, Nicodemus the Pharisee, the wealthy tax collector, the rich young ruler. We also make friends by association. Do we socialise or do we just keep to ourselves? If we want our church to grow, whole church, not St Bees, but it applies to St Bees as well, then it's not enough just to have church friends, we need to have friends outside the church who we might influence through our own journey with Jesus. People don't care about how much we know until they know how much we care. So let's go back to a few of my friends. Chris, um, my friend from work, uh, developed an illness in his late 40s and within two years he died. I spent a lot of time with him when it became apparent that he was never coming back to work again. I prayed for him and with him. He had a faith of sorts and we would talk about his need to make a commitment to Jesus which I think he did before he died. I miss him terribly. I never ever thought that I would miss a friend that just I just worked with really. And I often think about him and his family. So Bill, my next friend, my close friend, um, had issues in his marriage and eventually got divorced. He started to retreat into himself uh, and his time at work with a teacher, as, as a teacher. We started to see less and less of each other as our children grew up, and although we lived quite close, we saw less and less as different priorities emerged. However, we continued to chat over Facebook. In the last two years, this chat has increased. He moved, got remarried, and we met up again. It was like we were teenagers again, able to talk completely freely, no inhibitions, reliving our past exploits. I know that I could tell him anything, and I hope he feels the same way about me. Ron and Nin, my youth workers, I never ever saw them again. 
I never got to speak to them again, although I did stay in touch with their, their younger daughter, who I was at school with, and spoke at their funerals when I was glad to hear that they had been heavily involved with their new local church. I was able to say what an influence they had been on me and how I had been able to pass on some of what they had taught me to others. So in summary, we all need good company in life, good friends that we can travel with. They make the trip better, more enjoyable, easier, shorter and happier. So back to the original topic. I don't have any regrets about not keeping in touch with friends, but I do have regrets over not being able to talk with friends who have died before me and died not knowing Jesus. When someone we love and who shares our faith dies, we can celebrate their life knowing that they're in a better place. Jesus is the best friend we can ever have. He's done more for us than anyone and he walks with us as we travel on. He makes the trip better. He knows our hearts and minds. He knows everything we've done and what we'll continue to do, our successes and our failures. But despite this, he keeps on loving us. And he always will. Amen.